If you live in a red state, please understand the series we're doing on red state fire lines. I watched Washington state be utterly decimated. And we had to move for family reasons back home to where I grew up. I grew up around Eastern Washington, Northern Idaho. So to me, it's a homecoming. Understand the red state firewall is about stopping the encroachment of the left and also the party from DC. If you live in a blue state, Please listen to the Red State Firewall series so you can understand before you move if maybe you're one of the people who's meant to stay and fight. Really excited to speak with a guy running for attorney general in the state of Idaho. He gets it. I've talked to Raul Abadar about the Red State Fireline project. He gets it. He joins us today on The Todd Herman Show. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Partner of the day, Bonefrog Coffee, 5% off a subscription plan to the best coffee in the world at bonefrog.us. I'm going to be bringing some of the Bonefrog to our event coming up May 20th in Bothell, Washington, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Get tickets at the ToddHermanShow.com. He's on the road. <laughs> Called me earlier, man. I'm way up north. We hope the phone connection works. Uh, so joining me now from the road at Winning Votes, um, former congressman now seeking the office of attorney general in the state of Idaho, Raul Labrador. Good to talk to you again, Raul. Welcome to the Todd Herman Show. Hey, great to be on your show. It's great talking to you again. Uh, I always start the same way with politicians. I might be the only guy in the business who does this. And, uh, and so sue me. Um, I just, I'd like to start by getting to know a person's faith, if they have faith. And I start by asking people in, in their mind, who is Jesus Christ? You know, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I, I have a faith. Uh, I've been uh, active in my faith for many years. I was a missionary for my church for two years. I uh, and I think it's an integral part of my family and my journey uh, into into the world. And do you, do you believe in one God and, and uh, Father God and one and only God? Yeah, I believe in uh, God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. And I believe that uh, we have to pray to God in the name of the Son. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's a weird time that I think that, that we've been cowed, I think, as Christians into not speaking of our faith, which is one of the reasons I try to normalize, of all things, speaking God's name and titles. And um, Raul, as part of our show, because I'm a refugee home to North Idaho, um, I've been talking about red state firewalls. It's my contention that a strong attorney general can can help build a firewall against the progressive left and what I refer to as the party, which is big pharma and tyrants and media who want to destroy our kids. Um, how do you view the office of the AG? Do you think you can have a strong AG position and, and what can a strong AG do? Yes, yeah, so a strong AG can make all the difference in a state. If you look at the attorney general's position, it's the person that's standing between citizens and the overreach of the government, whether it's the federal government or the state government. 
when you look at all the state mandates that happen throughout the United States, all the mask mandates, vaccine mandates, all the things that happened over the last two years where we were losing our sovereignty and our rights and our liberties, a strong agent can make a huge difference. And that's what's happening in Idaho, that we have a weak agent who's been in the office for 20 years as an incumbent AD. And he just doesn't see his role anymore as standing up for the people. In fact, he describes his role as standing up for the bureaucracy of Idaho. And I think an attorney general needs to stand up for the people and fight for their freedoms and their liberties. So taking that case, I just got an email from a listener um, in North Idaho. She didn't know you were coming on, but she just sent me this note. She works for a company that's still forcing mass diktats, and she says they're segregating people. And, of course, this was born out of Brad Little's decision to lock down the state of Idaho. Are you saying that a strong AG could take a people's case um, to the courts and say, hey, we're not going to give away our sovereignty this way? That, That can actually happen? Yeah, a strong AG can stand up for the people of Idaho, can stand up for any government mandate. The uh, employer mandates are a little bit different, and what you need to look at in that case is whether they're acting as an arm of the government or not. Uh, you know, as you know, we had these federal mandates where the government was telling employers what they had to do, and what you had to do is, is sue the federal government and get rid of those mandates. But the AG in any state, and especially in Idaho, gives legal advice to the legislature. And what a strong AG can do is work with the state legislature to ensure that they're passing laws that protect the rights of people in Idaho. We have similar laws when it comes to abortion in the state of Idaho. We have conscience laws. And, uh, you know, if you're a physician or a nurse or you work in a hospital and you, you don't want to participate in abortion, you have conscience protections in our state law. We could have done the same thing with, with uh, mask mandates and vaccine mandates, and a strong AG would have suggested that to the legislature. In fact, our AG did the opposite. Not only did he not suggest it, but he told the legislature that there was nothing they could do to, uh, to protect the rights of the people of Idaho when it came to mask and vaccine mandates. Unconscionable. Um, and if the yeah. state legislature role decides to override or ignore the advice of the state AG, are you able to sue the legislature on behalf of the people? That's a little bit more difficult. The, the role of the AG is to enforce the laws of the Constitution of the state of Idaho. I, I can't override the will of the people. But what you can do is help the legislature uh make sure that they write the laws in a way that comports with the will of the people. It's, it's not a good idea to have an AG that's right to override the will of the legislature. That's up to the people to decide. Yeah. If they want to get rid of their legislature, they should do that. And you don't want an AG <laughs> from either party doing yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So now we've spoken, uh, we, we've touched on his name, but let's talk about um, Brad Little. I know you're running to be AG, but he right now is governor. There's three conservatives running against him. And I, I can't find a North Idaho conservative who likes Brad Little or respects Brad Little. Um, how do you view Brad Little's performance as governor? Well, I, I was I ran against him last time for governor, so I was his opponent. I was the conservative opponent in that race. We were not successful, so obviously I don't agree with him very much. Uh, but the reality is that I'm running for attorney general so I can stand up for people in Idaho, and I'm going to be able to work with whoever the attorney general is. I'm sorry, whoever the, the governor is, whoever wins in that race, and I'm going to have to stand up to any of them that try to violate 
the rights of, of the people of Idaho. So I, I can work with them, but I also can stand up to them. And that's what I'm looking forward to doing. So, so Raul, on, on the topic of the red state firewall, there is an association of state's attorneys general. And I was Correct. reading about this. Uh, they're going to appoint some sort of nominal Republican to run the group. And there's a Democrat waiting in the wings. And it seems to me that they sue entities and then get some of those funds to fund their association and, and I'm curious, do you think there's any room to work with Democrat state AGs or do you think they're so bizarre and, and so um, alien to America that they can't be worked with? You know, that's a really uh, not a very strong association. And in fact, they, it's where we get a lot of bad ideas in our state. It's one of the reasons that our current attorney general is so weak as an attorney general because he works very closely with that association. And I think we need to work more closely with the Republican Attorney General's Association that works on behalf of the people of their states to stand up to this uh, sovereign, you know, to the federal government when they're trying to take away our sovereignty. So I'm, I'm probably going to be working much more closely with all the Republican attorneys general that our that current attorney general doesn't work with them that well. And I'm not going to be as committed to working in that other organization that does not do a lot of positive things when it comes uh, to the conservative movement in the United States. Do you think Idaho is safe from the progressive left? It is not. And that's one of the reasons I'm running for attorney general. I think Idaho is only a couple of elections away from turning purple if we're not careful. The good news about Idaho is that people like yourself and others that have moved to the state, you know, you, I don't know if you call yourself this, but many of them call themselves red refugees. Yeah. They're coming to Idaho because they're looking uh, to remain a free and conservative state. And these people are bringing a lot of energy, a lot of uh, vigor to the fight. And I think these are the people, you know, combined with the people that have been here for their entire lives or who've been here for 30 years that have been fighting on conservative principle. These are the people that are going to help keep Idaho red, but we need to be active and vigilant in our And if you mentioned uh, the sovereignty of the state of Idaho, and and here's what I see is I see Utah being threatened with turning purple. I see a governor down there who likes to use pronouns. Uh, It's it's and that's Utah. Um, I see Mm -hmm. what they did to Colorado. I remember tracking that project where they turned Colorado blue. So in the red state firewall model, I've been looking at strong AGs and positions like that. But you mentioned the encroachment upon our sovereignty. In what ways is the federal government encroaching upon uh, red state sovereignty? And, and obviously you're from Idaho, so you concentrate on Idaho, but what's the federal government doing to steal our sovereignty? Well, they do so many things. It's almost on a daily basis. And I, I know this is planned, but every single day they come up with a new program and they bombard us with so many things that are attacking our sovereignty that they're hoping somebody like our current attorney general just turns the other way that they don't worry about it and they don't think about it. So you need to be really actively working on those things. But anything from this, this information board, you know, that uh, that uh, we currently, that the attorney general refused to join the other 20 Republican attorneys general who wrote a letter to the uh, Biden administration yeah. to uh, fighting against our water rights. Uh, you know, we have a case in Idaho that I think you're familiar with where a family has been fighting the EPA for the last 10 years. The EPA, you had a bunch of Republican attorneys general join this family in the fight. Their own attorney general refused to join them for 10 years until about a couple of months ago when I called him out in a debate. 
And after 10 years of not, not fighting, you know, not joining this family in the fight, then he said, well, now I'm going to join them in this fight. We don't need somebody who's either absent or late to every important fight that is happening in Idaho. I think the fights for the soul of our nation are happening in the courts right now. Well, and you need a strong, aggressive attorney general to take yeah. those charges. I'm pretty sure that's the case of the gentleman who built a pond on his property and the EPA decided it was a navigable waterway or something like that. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's yeah. the Sackett family that, uh, you know, they found a pond in and then the EPA came in to try to regulate that. Yeah. Well, and this, yeah. is, I mean, California is gone because the mm-hmm. EPA succeeded in calling water left in tractor marks. Trailer, mm-hmm. or, or tires from tractors filled with water have became navigable waterways, according to the Army Corps of Engineers. So, so let me ask you this. Um, the ESG score, I was reading about Idaho politics and the, the Idaho statesman wants to pretend that the concern conservatives have over the ESG scores has to do with ESG investing. And really, this is the federal government working with bank, big banks, globalists, to say, we don't care about the profit or loss statements of businesses. We want them to make sure they've got their head right on environment, social justice, and governance. Raul, that's made it into the state of Idaho, like Brad Little. It has. So, yeah. okay, how does an AG help protect that in a red state firewall model? I mean, protect us from that. So there's two ways. One way is to encourage the legislature to pass legislation to actually defeat the ESG models that are coming to the state and to stand up against the banks that are doing that. But the second model is to join with other Republican attorneys general and figure out how to file lawsuits that prevent that. We don't need these kind of social credit scores in the United States. We know what happens in other countries when when they have social credit scores, it's a way for them to actually get their woke ideology uh, to pass. And uh, we, we don't need that happening in the state. And in this state, um, a gentleman, I've talked to two out of the three uh, conservatives running for governor, Ed Humphreys and and um, Bradshaw, Steve Bradshaw, both agree that Little has sort of sold this state out. But they also mention, and Ed Humphreys is very strong on this, he says our taxpayer money is being used to fund abortions. Um, a, have you observed the same thing? And B, is there anything a strong attorney general can do about that? Well, if that is happening, it's against the law of the state of Idaho, and it's our attorney general can stop that from happening. So if that is happening, and you become attorney general, and, and you confirm that our tax money is paying for abortions, that's something that you could stop as AG? Absolutely, 100%. And is that something you would stop as AG? Uh, absolutely. If it is happening, I, I don't want to comment on whether it is happening or not, because I need to see the evidence. You know, a good lawyer doesn't comment on a case unless they've seen uh, all the evidence, right? Right, <laughs> right. So so we, we need to make sure that it is happening before I make a proclamation about what I'm going to do. So you've been- But if it is happening, 100%. Okay, great. Um, and, and you've spent time in D.C. as a congressman. Um, when you look at Washington, D.C., um, let me ask you this. This is this requires supposition and observation. Um, but is there anything savable about the district? Is there anything savable about the process back there? Um, I've become, you know, they're, 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 I'm, I'm always hopeful yeah. and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm a little less hopeful than when I was there before. But there's good people. You know, I'm one of the founding members of the Freedom Caucus. So Ron DeSantis, Jim Gordon, Mark Meadows, myself, and five other members of Congress got together and we created the Freedom Caucus because we wanted to save our party and save our nation. 
And I think there's good people of goodwill that are still going back there that are trying to do the right thing. And I think if the people of the United States and the people of our states just stand up and and make sure that we're counted, that I still think there's there's still time to save our nation. But one of the things I learned back there that we're not going to save our nation from the from Congress, we're going to save it from the state. And it's one of the reasons that I'm uh, running for attorney general. All right. So this, and so I think that you and I might even agree on this idea of a firewall. You're, you're expressing it as against DC. And I think that's exactly right. Uh, but also the progressive left. Um, Absolutely. A hundred percent. Where, what have you observed about um, teachers unions in, in the state of Idaho? Are, are they as radical as they are around the country or what's your observation of the teachers union in our state? You know, I, I, I won't be dealing with the teachers union yeah. a lot uh, unless they're violating the law. So I, I don't really uh, comment too much. I, for this race, there's not, not a lot of issues. You have, you have kids? I have five children. They all graduated from high school. Yeah. And in their time. They all graduated in, from public school. Yeah. In, <laughs> in their time in school, did they have teachers telling them that they weren't really the biological sex that they are? No, you know, we didn't have that. My, my kids, uh, graduated my youngest graduated two years ago and that was before this whole woke culture the legislature has passed legislation to prevent that from being taught in the schools and i will make sure that we enforce it if it happens and we we need to save our kids we need to protect our kids from smut we need to protect them from this gender ideology we need to protect them from uh, all these different things that, that are happening where they're trying to turn our kids. Not, not, we're not even talking about blue and, and red anymore. We're talking about turning them into, uh, you know, uh, socialist-type uh, drones that believe in just protecting the state and nothing else. Right. And I, I, I contend it's gotten so bad, Raul, that they are building angry little sex bots um, that are all hooked on psychotropic drugs. Um, but that's just me. So in, in um, Boise, because look, my, my observation is I grew up in and around northern Idaho. So this is returning home for me. But my observation yeah. is there's Idaho, then there's Boise. And certainly Boise is beautiful and there's parts of it that are very, very beautiful. Um, in, in, in that case, Boise's the, the seat of power. Uh, what percentage of Boise Republicans agree like with North Idaho Republicans on sovereignty? And I mean, is there a way to unite Republicans in the state of Idaho or, or are just the Southern Idaho Republicans just softer? No, so Boise is different because the Republicans in Boise are probably a little bit less conservative than the rest of the state. But Boise is part of Ada County. And Ada County, the western part of Ada County, is very conservative. And I think that more than makes up for the people that are in Boise. But we, we need to make sure that we unite all the factions, all the conservative factions around the state. And that's something that we don't do very well as conservatives. We're always fighting each other. You know, we're almost like crabs that are trying to bring everybody down in the in the pot. Yeah. And as conservatives, we need to learn that, hey, maybe as conservatives, we need to work together. So if you're from southeastern Idaho, you need to work with the conservatives in northern Idaho. If you're from southwestern Idaho, you need to work with the conservatives in southeastern Idaho. And hopefully we can find a way. And that's one of the goals that I have as a leader in the party to make sure that we unify all these factions of the conservative movement. So we can be together. We can disagree on a few things, but the reality is that we agree on more things that we disagree on. And there's a lot of people in the Republican Party that don't believe in all those principles that we believe in. So we can work together 
to unify all these conservative factions and all throughout the state. Just before we wrap up, let me ask you, because we're a national podcast, um, we get huge response when we talk about red state firewalls. What advice do you have for um, conservative activists um, on these in these red states bordering the blue states? What I always tell people is to look at a person's record. Everyone, anyone can promise that they're going to be conservative or anyone can promise they're going to fight for conservative principles. But tell me what you've done. What have you done to fight for conservative principles? Even if you haven't been in elected office, but what have you done in your private life to fight for conservative principles? Because a person who's willing to stand up for conservative principles and fight hard, even though they're getting lambasted by everybody else, those are the people that you want the foxhole with you. Those are the people that are actually going to make a difference for the United States and obviously for the state of Idaho. That's what I always recommend is, you know, I always have people who tell me, well, you've been in politics for a little while. Maybe we need to trust somebody who's been, who hasn't been there before. I said, but I've actually fought for conservative things. What has that other person done? Right. Yep. yep. And that's, that's how you can determine a person's character is don't tell me what you believe and tell me what you have done. I agree. It's a, it's a great model. I, yeah. I don't, I don't listen to speeches. It's funny because I give speeches, but I don't listen to them. I always read the remarks. Yeah. How do people get in touch with you? Right. We'll leave it if it's outside of the state. I know they want to donate money. They want to help you win. So go to my website, Labrador2022, Labrador, just like the dog, Labrador2022.com. Okay. Well, you know that you have my vote. Uh, I got to speak with you very, very briefly at a dinner. I certainly enjoyed our conversation. We need to replace, uh, we need actual leadership there. And I'm very, very, um, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply grateful that you came on the program and that you're running and go win some more votes. Go with God's good grace, Raul. I appreciate you. Thank you. It's great being with you. Thank you. Man, that is a busy life. You can hear the trucks going by in the background. Uh, we were going to do Zoom, and then Raul's on the road. I hear their trucks going by. He's up north in Idaho, and driving back down south. I give it up for people who go do that, man. That is... I always get asked, you going to run for office? No. The last guy that should do that. Trust me, the last dude. You know, we, uh, the more I reflect on the smaller companies that we're helping to build, and this is dangerous to do, by the way, sometimes brands don't like this, that you combine, you know, in a, a, um, an announcement, but I, I just, I'm looking at this, this montage. We have Allen's Artisan Soaps founded upon the notion that people affected by autism, they matter, their lives matter, just like ours matter. We have um, Bulwark Capital Management, the people who tell the truth about finances and a dude who hasn't always been rich, right? Who had to build his way back 20 years ago after the companies he went to work for, not his own companies, but the jobs he had as a young man, you know, crashed into this. And he said, why am I trusting anyone but the Lord? And, and I just go across the board. I go to Bonefrog Coffee and, and that. And I, I look at um, uh, American Financing, a family owned mortgage bank. You know how hard that is? I am deeply thankful for these partnerships. And in, in the specific case of Allen's Artisan Soaps, I don't do a very good job of explaining this. It's, it's to my discredit. When you're buying soap from them, it's about the product. Okay, that's, that's square. They, they created the, 
the subscription plan only for us. The only way you get that 10% off lifetime, you get a six bars of soap, a soap rack, soap pouch, and a fluff all at 10% off. The only way you get that is allenssoaps.com slash Todd. That's allenssoaps.com slash Todd. But please understand the bet we're making. The bet we're making is small batch product from small companies with good morals matters. That's the bet we're making. The bet Allen's Artisan Soaps is making as a company is we can do this. American people will buy product from companies who say, hey, look, we employ kids, young people like Allen, who quite literally the left would want aborted now. It's that brutal. They're that brutal. And we say, on the other hand, no, these are valuable lives. These are lives God created. And we are to take joy in these lives. See, if this works, they don't automate. It's all small batch. It's three generations of family experience in creating these soaps. It is Alan himself coming up with these unique scents. Okay, that's the bet. The bet is these companies will work. This That we can take this model and say, hey, we did soaps. What are you guys going to do? It is sort of the parallel economy, but but hyped, hyped up. Because it's not just a parallel economy, it's a parallel morality. God's morality. You can purchase the Terminator sub. It's not a sandwich. It's soap, subscription savings, 10% off lifetime. Six bars of soap, a soap rack, soap pouch, and a fluff all at 10% off. Go to allenssoaps.com slash Todd. That's allenssoaps.com slash Todd. Really, if you're looking at the Red State firewall, or firewall model, it has to come also from a perspective of the Lord. It must. And I get some pushback on this from time to time of, hey, I'm not electing a priest. No, you're not. You're electing an office holder. I, I get that. We all get that. I'm not electing a moral leader. I'm electing a politician. We get that too. But you can trace so many problems that exists in our country right back to the footstep of people who do not recognize a power greater than themselves. You can trace this back to people who can say ornamentally, oh, I'm of the Christian faith. But do you walk it? You cannot, I think this, this is valuable to have been to D.C. and witness what, what I have witnessed in D.C. That the opportunity to sin on the grandest possible scale exists in D.C. From the second you walk in, it exists. It is built upon temptation upon temptation. And it is a difficult thing to not cave to this. One of the reasons that I chose to make it so hard for us to stay in D.C. economically by not renting out our house. We let a teacher stay in our house for free. It cost my family and me an enormous amount of money. Is because I wanted to make it economically painful. I did not interview for jobs. I, I did not, well, there's not, that's not true. One time I entertained working for a company that turned out to have been uh, the CIA. Not, it wasn't the CIA, but it was a company that was basically <laughs> funded by the CIA. I'm glad I skipped that trip. It was an interesting story. I don't know that I can talk about it. 
Now, I think I've told the story. Um, so I guess I can talk about it in general. But from the moment you walk into town, I'll give you examples. And this is the separate morality. Church there is a social activity. That it is to be seen at church. It is that you're in the parking lot and you listen to the priest. And then on Sunday night, you get ready to go to a job where you know that you have the opportunity to scoop up bribe after bribe. And many people do it. It's a different world. It's a world where it's easy to become convinced of your own godhood. Here's what I mean. When you are 28 and you are worth, your net worth is four and a half million bucks at the age of 28. And everything you touch turns to gold. It's really, really easy to say, man, I have it licked. I'm the inventor of all things. I'm a self-made man or woman. But how would you ever get there? Because you cozy up to power. Because you get a taste of the boss's IPOs. Because you get a taste of their insider trading. Because you get a spiff out of dollars spent on campaign ads. Because you get sweetheart seats on boards of advisors. Because you get access to land deals other people don't get access to. And you begin to believe, wow, look at all these buffoons around the rest of the country that they don't have college degrees and, and they're struggling to make ends meet. And, and part of the D.C. belief is look at all these idiots. No wonder they need our help. We've got to have regulations because they can't figure out how to care for themselves. They can't figure out how to amass fortunes. I mean, you have people in their 50s and, and, and they don't even have two million bucks. But they don't understand the big, big difference because it's enculturated. When you take your first bribe at the age of 22, and it's something stupid, just put this in front of your boss. And you take your second bribe at the age of 24, and it's a, or third or fourth, and it's a much bigger thing. It never even occurs to you to step back and think about the morality of that, even as you go to church, because church is about, oh, well, we tithe and, and we tell Bible stories. But man, I got work to do. I have, I have, you know, I have bosses to please. Now, this happens in the real world, too, not just D.C. It happens in Hollywood, but Hollywood's unchurched. It happens in Silicon Valley, but Silicon Valley is almost completely unchurched. The West Coast is almost completely unchurched because political Optics are what they are. DC still has these people going to church, but man, you can be attending all sorts of church and be completely unsaved and completely convinced of your own greatness because everything you hear, you 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 see touches, you know, everything you touch turns to gold. That's one sort of temptation. There's others. Part of this is on me because I like to goof on people. I enjoy goofing on people. I enjoy uh, particularly young people. I like goofing with them. And I don't, it's not, I, I don't, I don't try to make it an evil thing. Um, but there were three young women at the, at the Republican National Committee. I, I goofed on. Well, just being goofy Todd. 
And at the end of the cycle, after we had won the, the midterms, or to be frank, you guys won the midterms. There was this big party at the RNC and everybody got wasted. Not everybody, but 90% of people. I don't drink. And particularly, I wouldn't drink in a work environment ever. And I haven't, I, I, may, have, I may have had two beers in 20 years. And it's just a, it's a calorie thing for me. I just, I'm fanatical about that. Why, why, why imbibe 200 calories in a drink when I can have a steak? So everybody's lit. Three sheets to the wind to use another cliche. And one of these young women was going to get me some t-shirts about winning the midterms. And we walk back into the office and it's dark and she's wasted and she's 24. And she made a play for me. I said, no. I acted like I didn't really know what was going on. I knew exactly what was going on. And thanks be to God, I, no, I, I, I acted the, the fool. I, I didn't know what she was doing. I didn't notice. I didn't notice you were touching me there, and I didn't notice what you wanted to do. And she came to me the next day in my office, knocked on the door. Hey, can I come in? I said, sure, leave the door open. She said, why don't I just leave the door open? I've got some people coming by. Just leave the door open. And so now she knew. And she said, I wanted to apologize for last night. I go, I don't know what you mean. She goes, oh, I just, I was really drunk. I said, I don't even know what you mean. I thought you were very polite. So you don't think anything was weird? Nope. Okay, so I didn't offend you? No, I don't know what you're talking about. I, don't, I, haven't, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm, I'm completely obtuse. I was really tired last night. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, because I thought I might have said something really, really weird. No, 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 you didn't. Not that I remember. I was trying to provide some grace. Instead, I should have said to her, as a matter of fact, what you were doing was deeply immoral. Drink or no drink, you were going after a married man that is deeply immoral. I'm offended. I'm worried for you. I'm worried for your soul. Now, that's not the end of the story. The end of the story matters much more than my little time in the spotlight because it goes to the point. It goes to the point. It goes to the point about that environment. Well, this is, look, this is why, again and again, I don't want to combine partner announcements, but it's important. Think of Allen's Artisan Soaps. Think of Bulwark and Bonefrog. Look at who God has blessed us with partnerships. American financing. These guys, you don't think they could have, of any time they wanted to, sold out to one of the big banks? <laughs> of course they could. They're 20 years as a national mortgage bank, family owned. They had a partnership with my radio mentor, Rush Hudson Limbaugh III, God rest Rush, for about a decade. That's one of the reasons we met. You don't think they could have sold out to one of the banksters? Of course they could, but they don't. They're a family-owned mortgage bank, and I, I would contend they love what they do so much. Why sell out? 
right? They have A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. They've got 6,700-plus Google reviews. They never charge upfront fees. They work evenings and weekends to make sure they get refinances done quickly. There's no pressure because they don't pay, they don't, they don't pay any commissions. And dig this. Right now, today, it is in all likelihood the case they've saved three or four people, five or six, seven or eight, 20 people, a thousand bucks a month. Stop and consume that in your life. Just picture you get to keep a thousand bucks a month that would otherwise be gone. Now picture investing it. Now understand this with American Financing at AmericanFinancing.net. If you apply today at AmericanFinancing.net or call them, I'll give you the phone number here in a second. If you do that today, you may be able to close your refinance in as few as 10 days. You might be able to skip mortgage payments. You might be able to do a loan. In fact, they structure loans specific to human beings. You have a unique income circumstance. American financing considers every human being unique. Here's the phone number. 866-887-2275. That's 866-887-2275. Or go apply online at AmericanFinancing.net. 10, what would it be? 10 years, 120 grand in savings possible? 866-887-2275. NMLS 182334, So the rest, now, the rest of the story. About three weeks after that event with this young woman, uh, she was... <laughs> in a relationship with a married senior Republican strategist. And in terms of politics, honestly, one of the good guys. I mean it. In terms of square deals at work, one of the good guys. One of the guys who was not ripping off Peter to pay Paul or, or shoving money into his own pocket illegally. One of the good guys. But that young woman who came after me in that night was three weeks later hooked up with him. But now for years after, at the end of an, an ended a marriage. Now, again, this happens outside of D.C. But that is D.C., People seek strength. They seek power. Because power is protection. Because power will always be with you. I heard the most remarkable thing about money. Money makes the same promises made by God Almighty. Money will see you through the storm. Money and power will protect you. Money and power will be there when you need them. Money and power will give you joy and happiness. 
But there is nothing you can be given, nothing you can gain that didn't first come from God Almighty. There's nothing I can be given, nothing I can gain that didn't first come from Almighty God. There's nothing that we can gain or have that cannot be swept from us. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And that's the key difference. One of the biggest poisons in politics are things like the Thomas S. Foley train station, the Harry Reid Memorial Airport. Is he still alive? The great man's great freeways, the Robert S. Byrd Memorial Freeway. The edifices of self. You know, we think of the Brockopolis and that ridiculous thing David Axelrod built where Barack Obama gave that speech like it was a Roman Colosseum. It was an edifice of the current day. It was the God man who stood. It was. But that is what they've built on sand. It is what they've built that's temporary. It is all of it a front. It is all of it a face. It is all of it an edifice. It will all fall down. It will all crumble. All of it will fall to the ground. The Lord will flatten it. And then where is the 24-year-old staffer with the rich and powerful boyfriends with three kids and an ex-wife? Then where is the bribe money you've taken? They don't see it coming. They can't see the signs. Never once in a church service in D.C. did I hear a talk of the book of Revelation. Never once did I hear a talk of the time when the Lord would come, this time the Lord Jesus as judge. Never once did I hear a time of the narrow path. Never once did I hear a sermon on most of us aren't going to make it. Because they can't see it. Because if you want more money, you take more money. Because if your department's down a little bit, you make a press release or you go out and do something atrocious and you get more money. Because you spend every dime you're given because if you don't, they might cut your budget the next year. Because you don't say anything about your boss dating a married woman or a married man because you're dating a married woman or a married man. Plus, there's the power to be had. They can't see it. What we see, they can't see. And this is why it must be that we elect godly people when we can. Because they understand they've done nothing. They understand that the bill that they got signed into law, God allowed that to happen. They understand that the political process they put together will one day be taken apart by the Lord. They understand as they stand next to a president or an ambassador or a senior senator or a room full of decision makers or at the UN is they understand they're standing around a whole bunch of flawed, sinful, befuddled human beings. 
none of whom have a candle to compare to the glory of God Almighty and that they're all equal in the eyes of the Lord. And there you go. We're right back where I began the monologue. The 28-year-old staffer in Washington, D.C., worth $4 bucks. Look at those stupid idiots. I'm so glad that I don't live in Indiana. How can my friends be so blind as to not know money so easily made? What a pathetic life they live. They've never even been to the south of France. I go there six times a year. And the Lord looks at all of us. He casts his eye on the globe of human beings. He loves all of us equally. And only when he decides to call one to himself does anyone appear special. But he didn't go to Moses and go, you're super cool. He didn't go to Jeremiah and go, you're super important, Jeremiah. He didn't go to Gideon and go, everyone loves you, Gideon. Come on, my team. He equipped them for his glory. It's the reverse in D.C. Our firewall is the election of godly people who understand that the Lord is greater than all of this, that the Lord will judge that anything they do is because God allows it to be done. That's how I view it. This is the Todd Herman Show. We so appreciate you sharing the show, sharing it with friends, using the share button on your app. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and remember, the Lord God sees us all equally.